This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We have team coverage of the increasingly explosive wildfire situation in the Okanagan tonight. That's where a cluster of fires is burning near Peachland and Summerland, prompting evacuations and snarling traffic. Highway 97 closed again at this hour. We'll have more on that developing story in just a moment. But first, shocking confirmation tonight from the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team that the recent shooting of a Surrey father gunned down in his own driveway in broad daylight was a case of mistaken identity. John Hua is live with more on this unfathomable tragedy. And John, Paul Bennett's widow made a heart-wrenching appeal today. Yeah, that's right, Sophie. That emotional plea coming from a family who lost such an, an amazing person and an innocent one in a horrific and violent way. And the fact that this was a case of mistaken identity has shaken this entire community to its core. He was Paul, one of those exceptional people not everyone is lucky to meet in their lives. At the same time, Paul Bennett was just a regular guy sitting in his truck when he was gunned down in the driveway of his Cloverdale home. We are grieving and traumatized by his loss and praying to understand why this has happened to our family. The deadly shooting happened at around 4 o'clock in the afternoon on June 23rd. The latest update from the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, what Bennett's family claimed from the very beginning. Mr. Bennett was not known to police. He did not have a criminal record and he had no associations to any form of criminality. The senseless murder of a 47-year-old husband, father, nurse, and hockey coach ruled a case of mistaken identity. He was a completely innocent person. And um, I, I understand this is very unsettling news to the community. Unsettling an understatement for those who live nearby. Uh, could you imagine anything worse? Uh, I don't think so. Like, that's the worst possible case scenario. It makes me, makes me feel nervous and unsafe in my own community. I'm Paul. And people are also left to wonder if Bennett was the wrong target. Is someone still in the crosshairs of a reckless killer? They are not going to stop until they find the right person. It's a scary. We're working very hard to determine who the intended target was. That is one of our uh, priorities right now for our investigators. One lead in the case, this video of a newer model silver four-door Honda Civic leaving the area shortly after Bennett's murder. His family pleading to anyone with information to come forward. Paul spent his life helping others. Now please help Paul and our family find the closure we need to move forward. So heartbreaking for that family. Now, uh, John, because the family made that appeal today, does that suggest the investigation is at a dead end? Well, I had insist that's not the case, saying they're making strides in the investigation every day and are working around the clock. They say it was Paul Bennett's family's choice to come forward, address the media, and make that personal plea to help solve the murder of an innocent man. Sophie?
All right, thanks for that. John Hua reporting tonight. A flurry of police activity in downtown Vancouver and Richmond today, and VPD say the incidents are all connected. First, in downtown Vancouver at Georgia and Jervis, police recovered a gun. They won't say whether anyone was arrested, but no shots were fired and no one was injured. Then at Butte and Alberni, witnesses say police were called out to reports of a possible bomb in a building. And finally, in Richmond at Gilly Road, police were searching a home. VPD telling Global News tonight that all incidents are connected to a gang-related investigation. Now, a state of emergency declared in Peachland and Summerland due to the growing Mount Aeneas wildfire. That fire doubling in size overnight and is one of seven fires of note burning in the region. Lightning kicking the wildfire season into high gear Tuesday night, triggering highway closures, evacuation orders, as well as alerts. Lynn Collier now with where the firefight is being ramped up and why for some, this is deja vu. Holy! It's crusting the mountain. A view of the biggest wildfire in B.C. right now, Mount Aeneas, moving west two kilometers overnight. Sparked by lightning, it has burned 500 hectares and is out of control. Well, that lightning storm that went through uh, two nights ago uh, created just in the, uh, in the Okanagan vicinity in the valley uh, about 12 new starts. The Mount Aeneas fire breached Highway 97 between Peachland and Summerland, closing the road briefly. Single lane alternating traffic is being allowed now. Some people are waiting for hours, but taking it in stride. The fires are fires. It's the new normal now. Yeah, usually we leave at this time to escape the fire, but we're coming home to the fire this time of year. So, Not very convenient, but these guys down here have a lot more to worry about than us waiting. The Mount Conkle fire outside Summerland is at 80 hectares and growing. The Penticton Indian Band has declared a state of emergency. Several residents have been evacuated. 40 firefighters are trying to control this fire. It is incredibly hot out there. Uh, the terrain is incredibly difficult. And especially on this fires, the crews have made tremendous progress. And uh, I think everyone is happy with where this fire is at at the moment. The Good Creek Fire in Okanagan Mountain Park is the third out-of-control fire in this region. It's grown to 400 hectares, and for many who live here, this brings back memories of the wildfire that burned almost 26,000 hectares and more than 200 homes in 2003. The Okanagan is the main focus for firefighting resources in the province right now. 14 helicopters, 80 firefighters, along with air tankers and skimmers, are trying to gain the upper hand on these three out-of-control fires. More help may be brought in this weekend. Lynn Collier, Global News. Yeah, exhausting for crews there. Ramina Dea is live in Summerland tonight. We see Highway 97 closed right now and a state of emergency where you are, Ramina. Sophie, you know what? It's incredible how quickly things can change out here. Visibility right now is extremely poor. The smoke is burning your eyes, and that's just happened over the last 20 minutes. As you mentioned, Highway 97 now closed again from Summerland all the way north to Antler Beach, which is just outside of Peachland. RCMP say it could be several hours before any of these vehicles get moving because the fire is moving just dangerously too close to the highway. Now, new evacuation orders 
fires are also in effect for Summerland. We're hearing that at least 40 homes have been evacuated, meaning people have had to leave because, again, the fire is just too dangerously close to their properties. Now, the municipality is under a local state of emergency. And so if fire crews are truly at the mercy of the weather right now, their biggest concern is the wind. Back to you. All right, Romina, we'll check back with you a little bit later. Romina Dea on Highway 97 in the Okanagan right now. And more now on that Mount Aeneas fire, the most threatening of the bunch burning in the Okanagan. As Shelby Tom reports, evacuees describe how those flames erupted last night and what it was like to flee. The house, the yard, everything is black. Steve Orham looks up at his hillside oasis surrounded by charred blackened land. The house is fine, so... It survived. His home saved by firefighters. As the 500 hectare Mount Aeneas wildfire roared down slope towards his Summerland area property. There's huge flames jumping up into the sky. I've never seen anything like it. Today, an army of aircraft assembled to fight the out-of-control inferno from above. Onlookers watch in awe from Highway 97 behind me as the Mount Aeneas wildfire creeps closer and closer to the North Beach waterfront community. Never been this close to uh, the fire like that. Just another day in the Okanagan. Lance Dickinson was in the evacuation zone. It just sprung up so quickly. And then all of a sudden, it was almost right above us. He stayed behind as North Beach was evacuated late Wednesday evening. We just rode it out. Dozens of properties are under evacuation order, as well as this campground. Evacuees are checking into the Penticton Reception Center. We can see the fire getting closer and closer. You can actually even hear the rumble of it a little bit. As for Orem. They did an unbelievable job. He says he's indebted to the crews who saved his home of 22 years. Could have been a lot worse, and we're... We got a debt of gratitude. Shelby Tom, Global News, near Summerland. And reporter Claudia Van Emmerich joins us now from Peachland with more on the firefight on the three most concerning fires in the region. Claudia. All right, we're having some audio issues uh, with Claudia's microphone there, so we'll try to correct that and hopefully check back in with her a little bit later. Uh, but as you can see, the wind is whipping uh, Claudia's hair near Peachland right now. Weather, always a factor. Weather sometimes the reason these start, lightning starting many of these fires. And meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now to talk about where that was a factor today. Christy? Thanks so much, Sophie. So a lot of these fires, the majority of these fires started on Tuesday night when we had thousands of lightning strikes across the province. Thankfully today, not a lot going on across southern BC. We don't have any lightning strikes. The bulk of the action east of the Rockies, but it's also extending up in through the uh, Caribou, Central Interior, BC Peace River area this hour. Across the south, the main concern really is the winds. You saw uh, Claudia's hair blowing there. We are seeing gusts now in the Kelowna, Penticton area at 30. 40 kilometers an hour that will last throughout the evening hours and then die down overnight but we're concerned tomorrow for lightning across southern bc and i'll show you for which areas when i come back all right all right thanks very much for that christy we have uh, claudia's microphone sorted out right now uh reporter claudia van emmerich again is in peachland she's been there all day uh, looking at the firefight we have three very concerning fires in your area claudia 
We certainly do, Sophie, and we just received word from the BC Wildfire Service about the size of this fire, the Mount Aeneas fire burning just south of Peachland, and the news is not good. This fire has now doubled in size. It is 1,000 hectares and completely out of control. We've been watching trees engulfed in flames. We've been watching these helicopters bucket this blaze all day long, and this plume of smoke is just not easing up. Now, in the last hour, 40 more properties were added to the evacuation order, bringing the total to 121 homes that are now evacuated because of this fire. And just in the last 15 minutes, 60 homes at the south end of Peachland have been placed on an evacuation alert, meaning they have to be ready to leave at a moment's notice. Now, two other fires worth mentioning is the Good Creek fire burning across the lake in Okanagan Mountain Park. That's now 400 hectares. 15 homes there are on an evacuation alert. That is the same area where those devastating fires started back in 2003. So that is making residents there nervous. And the Mount Conkle fire burning southwest of Summerland. That fire at this point, anyways, is not threatening homes, but Summerland residents extremely nervous. They're watching that fire encroach on their community as well. They're being affected by this fire. So it's a double whammy there. Uh, the district issued a state of emergency there earlier today. So it is very much a very um, emergency situation here in Peachland across the central Okanagan. I wanted to also mention that the winds are a problem as Christy Gordon just mentioned. These winds are expected to subside this evening, but they're expecting to pick up again tomorrow. So this is very worrisome for the firefight. Now, the air quality, as you can imagine, it is poor, very poor. The smoke is lingering in this valley. So earlier today, it was registering at 10 plus. And just to put that into context for you, the air quality is measured on a scale from 1 to 10, with 10 being the worst. So you can imagine 10 plus is off the charts. Interior Health Authority advising people to stay indoors, to limit their outdoor activity, especially seniors, children, and those with compromised immune systems. But the good news is that air quality right now is at a 6. So that's a moderate health risk. Back to you. But first, if you're anxiously awaiting the arrival of ride-sharing in B.C., don't hold your breath. The NDP government, which originally promised ride-sharing by Christmas of last year, releasing the results of its report into the controversial issue. The bottom line for now, more taxis, but no Uber or Lyft. For a lot of people in B.C., taxis are the only option. And that's not going to change anytime soon, even though people clearly want choices. Ride-sharing in B.C.? Yes. How come? I just like it. In Florida, when I lived there, I used Uber all the time, and it's way better than taxis. In releasing a report looking at the taxi industry and ride-sharing, BC's transportation minister has committed to a 15% increase in cabs, 300 in the lower mainland, 200 in the rest of BC. But the wait for ride-sharing will continue. I wouldn't say that we're far behind the times at all. The legislation needed to allow ride-sharing is coming this fall, but it could then take a full year until it's operating, meaning no Uber or Lyft, until the fall of 2019 meets people's needs but also meets the safety for everyone in BC, the drivers and those who are using the service. The timeline, a bit disappointing for those behind ride-sharing. It's very confusing to understand why once legislation is passed, uh, an extra year is needed in order to bring ride-sharing to British Columbia. This is a classic case of promising one thing and doing another. British Columbians want transportation options, instead the NDP is just kicking the can down the road. The taxi industry is pushing for 200 licenses to go to Cater, a company with drivers that would develop a ride-sharing app, similar to those already operating in other cities, but with one difference. Operating under a taxi license 
without a meter, without a top light, app base only, using a BC homegrown company here. That proposal still needs government approval. The bottom line, though, for anyone hoping for more ride options in BC, it's still a case of hurry up and wait. Jill Bennett, Global News. All right, for some political perspective on this, Keith Baldry joins us. And this has to be hurting the NDP politically, Keith. Mm -hmm. Why the repeated delays in seeing in ride sharing? Well, two words, Sophie, electoral politics. The NDP would not be in power in this province unless it had won all those ridings in suburban uh, Metro Vancouver, uh, South Vancouver, Burnaby, and Surrey. That's where the taxes industry is the most political uh, power uh, of, its, of its power base. It's disproportionately influential uh, and active in political communities. And the NDP, that's why the NDP had the weakest commitment to ride sharing in the campaign. It was more of a commitment to protecting the existing taxi industry. It's a situation that Green Party uh, MLA Adam Olson, a strong proponent of ride sharing, has picked up on today, saying basically a small group of people in industry are holding this province hostage. This has been long the situation where uh, a, a, an industry or a small number of voters in, in British Columbia uh, can hold hostage the, the, what's in the interest of the entire province, uh, what's in the interest of good public policy, where you're, where you're counting votes. So even the pr proposed deadline of the fall of 2019 is not set in stone. Uh, Transportation Minister Claire Trevino would not come into that uh, today when she was asked several times by reporters. It only showed up one line in a news release. And given the political circumstances and the sensitivity out there of these ridings determining who's going to form government in B.C., I'd be surprised if, if we see ride sharing in place before the next provincial election, which could be as far away as 2021. Sophie? Oh, my. All right. Thanks for that, Keith. Oil spill response teams scrambled to house sound today after reports that a barge was at risk of sinking near Sunset Beach in West Vancouver. The barge is carrying a number of fuel containers and a crane, and a boom has been set up to contain any spill. The man accused in a fatal stabbing at Abbotsford Secondary School will remain in custody. Gabriel Klein appeared before the BC Review Board today. Klein is charged with killing one student and hurting another in the November 2016 attack. A BC Supreme Court judge ruled in April that Klein was mentally unfit to stand trial due to ongoing psychotic episodes. Today's hearing to reevaluate his mental state did not finish and will resume at a later date. A string of disturbing incidents in a Vancouver neighborhood is prompting police to issue a warning tonight. Nadia Stewart joins us from Mount Pleasant. Uh, Nadia, police have received a number of reports involving indecent acts in that area, and they think there might even be more. Yeah, that's right, uh, Sophie. Police say a man has been exposing himself for performing indecent acts outside the windows of women's apartments in at least two areas in Vancouver. We know of one at night and Kingsway. That happened back on May 19th, but there have been a total of five incidents, and four of them happened in the Mount Pleasant area near Maine and East 15th and Quebec and East 15th. There was one incident in May, two in June, and one just a few days ago on July the 15th, in all four cases, this involved the ground floor apartments of women, uh, the ground floor windows of women's apartments. Now, police say that, now police believe it is the same man in all four cases. Although he has ran away on each occasion, it's quite alarming that these are happening um, and we believe by the same person. So we want to bring it to everybody's uh, attention that these are happening. They're happening in the Mount Pleasant area. They're happening uh, quite frequent. And we would like you to call us if you have any information at all. 
Now, anyone who may be involved in one of these incidents, if you are a victim, you can call 911, but police have also set up a tip line. It is 604-717-0604. Back to you, Sophie. All right, thanks for that. Nadia Stewart in Mount Pleasant. Police in London, Ontario are looking into an internet video as a possible hate crime. It was shot in a Sobeys store and shows a man in a red shirt physically preventing a man in a hoodie from leaving the store. Witnesses say the man in the red shirt called the other man an illegal alien and then repeatedly blocked his way out. Police were called and no charges were laid, but the London Police Hate Crime Unit is reviewing the case. Time magazine has Donald Trump on its cover again, but probably not the way the president wants. The magazine morphing Trump's face with Russian President Vladimir Putin, ending with Trump's hair, eyebrows and pursed lips together with Putin's nose and eyes. Trump has been under fire since his Helsinki summit for repeated flip-flops on Russian meddling in the 2016 election. A massive explosion in New York City today sent people running for their lives. It wasn't terrorism, but it is raising serious questions about aging infrastructure in the Big Apple and many other cities. Just after sunrise, a billowing cloud of steam exploded out of the ground right at the start of the morning commute. The blast created a shower of debris and grime. It felt like an earthquake or something like that. Left behind, a hole the size of a city bus in the middle of Fifth Avenue, one of the busiest streets in midtown Manhattan. What did you see and hear? All right, I heard a boom and I saw people running. Officials say the steam erupted from an 86-year-old pipe, one of the thousands of aging pipes that snake beneath the city, providing heating and cooling to 2,000 buildings. There was asbestos in the steam line casing, that's obviously a, a real concern to us. The mayor says the air quality is safe, but officials set up decontamination centers, advising people caught in the explosion to shower immediately and bag their clothes for tests. The blast comes almost 11 years ago to the day when another steam pipe explosion near Grand Central Terminal killed one person. Tonight, officials are relieved this latest blast resulted in only minor injuries. Rahima Ellis, NBC News, New York. A Florida family has won its battle with City Hall over the unusual paint job on its house. The family home is painted to look like Vincent van Gogh's Starry Night. The city of Mount Dora ordered them to paint it over and it fined them $10,000, saying it violated bylaws. The couple sued the city, saying they had painted their house to be a landmark for their autistic son so that he could tell someone where he lived if he got lost. The city settled and apologized, allowing them to keep the house the way it is and paying them $15,000. In Health Matters tonight, a North Vancouver woman who is living proof of the benefits of exercise. Violet Jordan just turned 96 and is still working out twice a week. She played tennis until she was 94 and is now the oldest in this class of seniors ranging in age from 65 to, well, 96. I don't like this one. What is it? That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> everybody keeps asking me, what's your secret? What is your secret, Violet? <laughs> I'm just happy. Had a good marriage. Yeah. Very good marriage. And uh, I'm careful what I eat, you know. Yeah. 
And I like helping people. Oh, we love Violet. Uh, Violet was married for 54 years. Her husband passed away eight years ago. She has two daughters, eight grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Returning now to our top story, the wildfire situation in B.C. And focusing on the Okanagan right now, where there are seven fires of note and a number of evacuation orders. Our Romina Dea is live in Summerland tonight with more on the situation there. Romina. Sophie, the visibility is extremely poor right now. The winds are kicking up. The smoke is actually burning your eyes. And just to give you an idea of how quickly things can change out here, we're going to show you some images from Okanagan Lake from about 90 minutes ago. It was clear skies. You could see the boats on the water. You could actually see right across the lake where four other fires are burning. But now this is what it looks like. It is completely socked in. You can't see anything. That's how thick the smoke is out here. Now, new evacuation orders are also in effect for Summerland. More than 40 homes have been evacuated because it is just extremely dangerous right now in these conditions. The municipality of Summerland has called a local state of emergency. Now, Highway 97 is closed again today in both directions, from Summerland north to Antler Beach, which is just outside of Peachland. You're going to be able to see all the vehicles that are piled up on the road here right now, people walking along the side of the road, not knowing when they're going to be able to leave. The fire is just moving too close to the highway at this point. Sophie, RCMP are telling us that it could be hours before people are able to move from the spot. Back to you. Yeah, lots of residents, obviously, and uh, visitors to the area, uh, the peak summer tour season. Ramina, thank you. We'll continue to monitor the situation and bring our viewers more updates as they come in. Well, sometimes things aren't quite what they seem at first. A mischievous child throws a ball over a fence right after the forecast. The surprise on the other side. All right, meteorologist Christy Gordon joining us once again with a look at our forecast. Uh, obviously, the situation very concerning in the interior, Christy. Yes, absolutely. We'll be talking about the winds uh, as Rumina was talking about blowing that smoke around. First, though, look outside. Nice sunshine, although it was fairly cloudy across the lower mainland today. And I would say cool, especially if you're near the water with the blustery winds. We saw gusts up to 30, 40 kilometers an hour. Check out these numbers. Only 19 degrees was the high in Burnaby and Coquitlam, 18 in Victoria. And that cool air shifted into the interior regions today for most areas. So Lillooet only hitting 30 degrees versus their 36, 37 degrees uh, just yesterday. Although it was still hot in comparison, this is much more, uh, uh, this is much more manageable uh, temperature. Now, the winds were mostly calm throughout the day. That's why the smoke was so thick in that area earlier today where Romino is. But now the wind's starting to pick up. We're talking about gusts up to 30, 40 kilometers an hour. That's now blowing those fires and the smoke all around. We're going to continue to see those strong winds through the evening hours before it dies down overnight. It will be remain fairly calm throughout the day and then pick up again in the afternoon tomorrow. The other thing we're watching is the possibility of rain and lightning. The bulk of the action north of Williams Lake this hour, but that is going to shift south through the overnight periods, touching down into potentially Kamloops tomorrow morning and then further south by the afternoon into the Okanagan Valley. And this is going to bring in the possibility of rain, but also the possibility of thunderstorms embedded in that, meaning more lightning strikes and gusty winds. We will also 
also see that extend into Vancouver Island by the afternoon hours tomorrow. So there's your forecast. A lot of rain in through the BC Peace River area. You have a rainfall warning up to 75 millimeters potentially. A lot of rain through the central interior, but not a lot of rain across these southern regions. It's going to be very spotty with that risk of thunderstorms through the afternoon hours, especially south coast dry mainly, although we'll see a lot of cloud cover again tomorrow. It's not until the weekend that we begin to dry out and we warm up again. Still no significant rain in the forecast. Fire danger rating at an extreme level level for many areas. Very windy conditions today across the lower mainland and through the house sound area meant a lot of people out there enjoying on uh, kite surfing. Looks like fun. Mm -hmm. Great day for it. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. Well, a new viral video proves that when it comes to kids, dogs and playing fetch, a fence is no obstacle. Just throw it for me, please. Two-year-old Conway in Savage, Minnesota, enjoys playing fetch with Dozer, who lives next door. Conway tosses the ball over the fence, and Dozer drops it back over for the next round. Apparently, Dozer does this all the time with different kids, but they usually have to stop after a bit. The ball gets a little slobbery and (laughs) needs to be cleaned off. Cowichan, watch out. That's right. There's a lot of lot of uh, athletes about to embark. Plus Chanel's there, so that, Chanel, you're, you're talking more about Paul that. Mason is there too. Uh, the BC Summer Games are about to get underway in Cowichan. This year marks a very special milestone for the games. Our Chanel Pratap is emceeing the event this evening, and he's here to tell us more about it. Chanel. Yeah, we're at the uh, Lake Town Ranch. The opening ceremony is getting away in just a little bit here. Uh, it's a very special milestone for the BC Games, the 40th anniversary uh, back in 1978. Penticton hosted the very first games. Since then, it's been uh, bounced around all over the province, uh, communities hosting this great event, and it's here in the Cowichan Valley for 2018. Now, uh, it's getting a little bit busier here. Uh, some of the festivities getting underway as the crowds are starting to gather. Uh, as for the games, there are more than 3,000 athletes coaches and officials all from uh, all over the uh, province competing in 18 sports in 27 uh, venues around this region for many of these athletes uh, this event is a stepping stone for the future because uh, you will see some of these athletes competing for Canada uh, at international events including the Olympics one day now competition will start first thing Friday morning and will go right through till Sunday before the closing ceremonies tune into Global BC and BC one as we will have coverage uh, I will send it back to you as I need to get back on the stage there for the opening <laughs> ceremonies which will get underway in about five or ten minutes back to you Run, run, run. All right, thanks, Chanel. Looking, That's why he's looking look sharp, Very right? dapper tonight, I have to say. Chanel looking sharp. Good job. Got to bring some class. All right, uh, we are playing golf. Yeah, we're going to start with this. This is always a fun week for everyone who loves golf. Thanks, Soph. The uh, Open Championship at famed Carnoustie in Scotland uh, this year. This is one tournament where course conditions are always front and center. And this year, Carnoustie is playing as dry and hard as any course in recent memory. Players are hitting mid-irons off the tees over 300 yards, sometimes going into bunkers because of that. But scores relatively low in today's round one. Carnoustie last hosted in 07, also the site of the Jean Vandeveld that meltdown in 99. Three-time champ Tiger Woods has not won it at this course. He's won it twice at St. Andrews. Tiger, a great start. 
Two birdies in his first four holes, both set up by brilliant approaches. Tiger got it to two under, and then at 11, from about 35 feet, Tiger sinks to birdie. Made a couple of bogeys coming in, but still a solid, even par 71 for Tiger Woods. Defending champ Jordan Spieth had it going. Long birdie here got him to minus three, but four over in his final four holes. So Spieth opens one over 72. American Kevin Kisner set the pace, went out early when the conditions were best. Bogey free, five under 66. So he has got the lead. U.S. Open champ Brooks Kepka, yes, brought to his knees already at Carnoustie. That one rolled back in. He made a double there, but... Five over on the front side for the two-time U.S. Open champ, but boy, did he recover nicely on the back. Check this putt out. Looks like he missed it to the high side, but left turn into the cup for Birdie Kepka. Four under on the back. He's at one over. South African Brandon Stone, the wayward shot headed out of bounds for a two-stroke penalty, but a stroke of luck. Stone saved his part thanks to that bounce. So he's at three under, just two back. Dustin Johnson, five over 76. Adam Hadwin, the only Canadian in the field, two over 73. The Lions certainly got a boost of confidence from their comeback win over Winnipeg last week, led, of course, by Travis Lule's return at quarterback. If they're going to keep the momentum going tomorrow in Ottawa, the defense, now without the injured Solomon Elamimian, will have to be much better against the run. They have given up a league-worst 152 yards per game. No way am I pleased, you know, no way am I pleased. Too many big plays, too many, um, you know, chunk runs and things like that. And these are all fixable things. You know, we're, we're not not even remotely pleased with where we are, where we are. but we're not where we're going to be. We're going to get better at that for sure. You know, it's time for the veterans to stand up. As I said, we're a veteran team. Uh, you know, it annoys me to see, uh, you know, the mistakes. Uh, you know, leadership is something that's internal. Uh, if one of your leaders goes down, somebody else got to step up. Thompson. World Field Lacrosse Championships from Israel, Canada taking on the Iroquois Nationals in the semifinals. Great start. Coquitlam's Ben McIntosh driving the net, flies through the air as he scores. Great style points. one nothing Canada. Go to the second quarter. Canada throwing it around nicely. And it's McIntosh with the finish for his hat-trick goal. Canada getting stronger as this tournament goes on, and they looked unstoppable today, up 8-1. Port Coquitlam's Curtis Dixon also fired the hat trick for Canada as they cruise to the 15-4 win. It'll be Canada-USA in Saturday's final. That's a midnight start our time tomorrow night. Well, 10 years ago, Danielle Laurie was Canada's ace pitcher at the 2008 Beijing Olympics. Life's changed a lot in the last decade for Laurie, who starred at the University of Washington, where she won a national title and two NCAA Player of the Year awards. Since then, she got married, has had a couple of kids, but now she's back with our national team with a new perspective and a goal to get back to the Olympic Games. In the end, Danielle Laurie just couldn't stay away from the game she loves. She decided about a year ago she was going to make a comeback to Canada's national team. That decision came shortly after she gave birth to her second daughter. Compared to parenthood, this comeback thing is a piece of cake. Uh, Madison's the oldest and Audrey is the littlest. And she just had emergency surgery three weeks ago on her lung. She had popcorn in her lung. And then two days ago, she broke her wrist. Oh, my God. So she's made it really easy on me. (laughs) 
Lori, who lives in Seattle, got herself back into playing shape and is certainly a welcome addition to Team Canada, where she's part of an entirely new generation of Canadian softball players. It's refreshing and it really makes me appreciate the game more, I think, than I ever have because it's understanding the work that I've put in. I'm taking time away from my family. I'm competing with probably one of the best teams that I've ever played with with Team Canada. Certainly she gives the staff a boost in terms of her intensity and uh, Danielle's always been a world-class performer and you, when you bring somebody like that back to your lineup, it makes a difference in everybody's attitude. At 31, Laurie finds herself being a mama bear to some of her much younger teammates, something she didn't have when she was breaking in with the national team as a teenager. So I feel fortunate enough to be where I'm at at my age and having these younger girls and to be able to give them whatever they need without feeling a sense of intimidation or coming down on them. It's all about what can we do to win and how can I help. Laurie pitched four perfect innings in her last outing as Canada chases the Canada Cup Tournament Championship this weekend. Actually on the, on the field right now, taking on uh, the Canada Elite Team. So good action. If you want to go out in great weather this week, head out to Softball City. All right. Thanks very much, Barry. Let's check in with Jay Durant now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thank you, Sophie. The Vancouver Park Board is holding a special meeting tonight to vote on a $399 million capital plan for the next three years. That's three times higher than the most recent budget it worked with. And we have our crews in the interior keeping an eye on the developing wildfire situation. Thick smoke, traffic chaos, and evacuation orders and alerts are adding to the crisis in the area. We will have the very latest when you join us tonight at 11. So. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jay. The five best beaches in Metro Vancouver as voted on by you. That's after a break. But first, here's Kasia Badurka with five things to do this weekend. Kasia? A lot of celebrations this weekend just because. In North Vancouver, for instance, it's the annual Fun City Festival featuring, yet again, the famous thousand-foot water slide down Lonsdale. All other activities are happening in and around Victoria Park. Kitsilano Showboat, the Vancouver tradition, is back for another season. With the scenic background of the mountains, English Bay, and spectacular sunsets, taking the shows that change up daily, featuring talented musicians, actors, and dancers. Pull out the Daisy Dukes and Cowboy hats for the sixth annual Gone Country Show in Surrey. One big outdoor concert, a huge party at that, and what's more, every single penny raised goes to fight cancer. How about the biggest block party in the Okanagan? Downtown Kelowna's block party takes over Bernard Avenue Saturday, a free community event fusing culture, food, shopping and live entertainment. For over 30 years, the Islands Folk Festival has combined the spirit of music and community. Thousands of musicians have graced the stages, and this weekend, both local and international talent are set to entertain. For more, head to globalnews.ca slash five things. Five Things to Do is brought to you by BCAA. Get a BCAA membership and save with our many partners. Plus, get the best roadside assistance. Coming up on ET Canada, something doesn't smell right. It's Kim Kardashian's fragrance scandal. And are Tom Cruise and Vanessa Kirby engaged? We asked a very confused Vanessa. So that's coming out at 7 right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Sophie. Thank you very much, Cheryl. Definitely have had a lot of beach weather lately. Yes, yeah, been nice. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about the best beaches in Metro Vancouver. Let the arguments begin because we are launching our Best 5 series, asking visitors to our website to vote on the best of Metro Vancouver. And we start with summertime activities, brew pubs, ice cream, and the best beaches. Here's Sonia Deol. 
best five beaches in the Lower Mainland as voted by you. At number five, Port Moody's White Pine Beach. Kitsilano Beach in at number four. At number three, Centennial Beach in Tawarsan. At number two, where you can just sit and chill out in the nude, it's Vancouver's Wreck Beach. And the number one beach in the Lower Mainland as voted by you is... Spanish Bays! A great series of beaches along the shores of English Bay. Spanish Banks sits between Locarno Beach to the east and UBC to the west. I think it's just a little more secluded. The other ones are like right downtown, but this feels like you're like on vacay. Just grab a spot on the sandy beach and take in the spectacular city view from across the water and just watch the ships sailing by. But one of the biggest attractions at this beach is the best beach to come and skimboard at because the tide goes way out and then you have those perfect little pockets of water. A number of volleyball courts on the sand, operated on a first-come, first-served basis, plenty of space to set up a barbecue, and if you don't bring your own food, a great beach cafe that's open till eight on weekdays and later on weekends. And fish and chips are really popular. Are they really? Yeah, they're really popular. So when I ordered the fish and chips, I had no idea the pieces of fish were this big. Those are huge. Not bad for only 13 bucks. You just yeah. gotta watch out for the seagulls. That's happened. Snatch your food. One of the best things about Spanish banks is there's ample parking and it's all free. So whether it's a walk, a bike ride, or just hanging out with your friends, check out this beach and discuss the results online using hashtag best5. Sonia Diol, Global News. That was one of the worst things moving to North Van is not being able to go down to Spanish banks all the time. It's such a beautiful beach, mm -hmm. but there be so Ambleside, what what are the other beaches over on the North Shore. Uh, I've got a secret <laughs> one that I can't tell anyone about that's further down from Ambleside. Oh, really? I can't tell you. It has the word Sandy in it, but that's mm -hmm. all I'm going to tell you. Disappointed in Dale's beachwear there a little bit. <laughs> well, she is working I suppose. Yes. Although she gets to hang out at a beach and eat fish yes, and chips. Yes, exactly. That's not I wonder how the fish and chips compared There's to... There's Kate's Park Beach, which is... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. So many that's beaches fun. around here. Go out and enjoy the beach tonight. It's a beautiful evening. Have a good night, everyone.